Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Thank you for joining me. It is Monday, July 20th. Uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening. Uh, really appreciate it. For all of the, those who have left a review, really appreciate that. The uh, feedback has been incredibly positive. Um, if you have not left a review, uh, go ahead and leave me one. I would appreciate that. Hope you had a nice weekend. It was hot, hot, hot down here in Tennessee. I think we were 97 or 98 degrees both Saturday and Sunday. We had uh, some birthday festivities for my son who just turned five on Friday. Um, I fished in a little local tournament um, on Saturday and actually won. I won about enough money to take my family out for pizza on Saturday night and uh, had our first t-ball practice last night. I told you I was coaching uh, t-ball. I was I was duped into doing that and uh, we had our first practice last night, which actually went very well. Got some other parents who uh, offered to help coach, which is a big, big help. So I think we're going to have a really fun season. Conversation today, top five grain marketing tools. This is all um, opinion-based, of course. There are different people who have different opinions about grain marketing and what's important and what's not. I'm going to tell you what I believe is important. I'm going to use kind of an analogy here, and of all things, I'm going to talk about fishing, of course. Um, since I moved to Tennessee, I've fished all my life, and uh, loved fishing all my life, but since I moved uh, to Tennessee from from Chicago, where I grew up, um, I fished a lot more, and I, and I got into fishing tournaments, and most of them are just local tournaments, and uh, I fish in a club, and we fish some club tournaments, but um, there are a, there's a, there's a short list of things that you need uh, in order to be very good at uh, fishing in in tournaments or just fishing in general, and this is uh, bass fishing in particular, if if you're into fishing, uh, the first thing you need to get involved in in these tournaments is a boat, and it doesn't need to be a nice boat. It could be the most simple, bare bones, basic boat that that is available. Uh, it just needs to be a vessel that floats on the water that can get you from point A to point B on a lake. Um, that's probably number one. And then you've got some other fishing related items. You need a rod, you need a reel, you need some line, you need a few different baits, and maybe a little bit of a working knowledge of, of how bass uh, move throughout the season, uh, that sort of thing. And that's really all you need to be successful. And I've seen people and I have friends who have, uh, you know, really minimal basic type setups and uh, are still excellent fishermen. And uh, it's, it's really as simple as that. Now, there's a bunch of stuff that you can have that you don't necessarily need. Um, big fancy boats with big fancy engines, fancy rods and fancy reels and a whole bunch of them, and uh, fancy electronics and all sorts of, of different gear that's available out there, and you can spend untold fortunes on this sort of stuff. But you don't need it to be really, really good. And I think that grain marketing is kind of the same way in in a lot of ways. I think there are, are about five things in particular that... If you're very good at these five things, you can be a very good grain marketer and you don't necessarily need all the bells and whistles. And and after this this list of, of these five tools, uh, I'm going to tell you some things that I didn't include and why I didn't include them. Um, 
And this is actually this is a list of five things, and it's actually in order of importance or or perceived importance by myself at least. Um, number one, the number one most important tool in grain marketing, in my opinion, in my opinion, this is not uh, in any sort of textbook or anything like that. The number one most important thing are your numbers. You need to know your cost of production. You need to know how that compares with uh, current market prices and what sort of uh, revenues, profits, losses can be expected on the farm. And how do you uh, how do you figure out your numbers? You need some sort of of tool within the tool here. So the the numbers and and the projections and the revenue ideas and all that stuff. That's the tool. But there's almost a tool within the tool, uh, which would be some sort of spreadsheet. You need some sort of spreadsheet to punch all of your costs into and punch all of your uh, uh, revenue into and and spit out the numbers for you. And this can be very basic. It could be as simple as as an Excel spreadsheet with a few columns. It could be as complicated as something that calculates every penny that you spend on the farm, uh, broken down by acre or by field or by crop, whatever. You could break it down a million different ways. But you need to know those numbers. There, there's not a business in the world that uh, produces a product and has no idea um, how, when, or no plan to sell it. I mean, you've got to have a plan. You've got to start with the numbers. And uh, that's the most important tool, in my opinion. Uh, the price of corn, you know, we we talk about it like, well, $3 is cheap, $5 is expensive, right? But in, in reality, the, the numbers are all relative to what it costs to grow the crop. If it only cost you a dollar per bushel to grow the crop, $3 would be a fantastic price, but it, it doesn't, unfortunately. So it's all relative. The, the price, you know, we've gotten into this thing where we just trade these ranges and we kind of go back and forth between profitable levels and non-profitable levels. And, and more recently this year, in, in the case of corn and soybeans, we've just been almost exclusively in non-profitable territory. But um you need to know those. You need to know those numbers, and I believe that that is the most important thing. If there is one thing I could tell people that they should uh, uh, start to figure out, start to work on, and, and eventually master, it would be how to calculate your costs, uh, your revenues, your profits, your losses, all those things, and give yourself an idea of where you stand uh, on on a daily basis for the most part. That's number one. I believe that is the most important thing you can do. Number two would be the cash sale or forward sale. And no, I'm not talking about um, selling futures on the board. I'm not talking about any sort of fancy strategy. I'm just talking about a cash sale or a forward sale where you um, uh, set a price with a grain buyer that he's going to pay you uh, for your cash, corn, soybeans, wheat, whatever the crop is. Uh, It is the most simple way to sell the crop and therefore know uh, what your revenue is going to be. So this is something that I believe you've got to get good at. And, and yeah, it's, it sounds easy. Oh, make a sale. Just pick up the phone and, and find out what the cash bid is and price it either for spot delivery or for forward delivery. It, it sounds simple, but timing, of course, is is the tricky thing. And and working on the timing and when to do it and and pairing the cash sale and those prices up with the numbers in that first part that's the trick. So it's it's a very simple concept, 
but it's very difficult uh, to master. And uh, that, I believe, is is probably the second most important tool. So, you know, those first two alone are, are extremely important, extremely, extremely important. And if you could only have two tools, those would probably be the only two tools. I mean, you would know the numbers, you know your costs, and then you could use the cash sale to kind of put the other piece of the puzzle there, and then you can spit out uh, income or loss or whatever it is. But I mean, those two things, if, if you're not good at or have a working knowledge of those two things, and, and everyone knows how to make a cash sale or a forward sale, uh, not everyone is is necessarily as in tune with their numbers as they should be. Uh, those two things are extremely important. The third thing that I would say, number three, uh, I would say HTA and basis contracts. So once you get to the point where you're a master of the cash sale, and it's probably tough to say that you'll ever be a master of the cash sale, meaning that you're always going to price at, at the high of the cash market. But once you get good at making cash sales and you understand it, uh, that's when you can start to separate the futures and the basis. And I've said before that it's it's not in my opinion, totally necessary to separate futures and basis to be a good grain marketer. If you could just sell your cash and, and make cash sales or forward contracts when the market's up and avoid it when the market's down, you could still be a very good grain marketer. But if you want to take that next step, you can start to lock in futures and then lock in basis when it improves or vice versa. And I have discussed the dangers and the perils of basis contracts in previous podcasts. So uh, make sure you go back and listen to some of that stuff. If you've had problems with basis contracts in the past, the, the thing that people do so often is they write the basis contract, set the basis, and then wait till the last minute to price the futures. And it's been that's been an incredibly terrible strategy as of late. So um, there's, there's some nuance there and there are some uh, intricacies to, to separate futures and basis. But that would, I think, be the next step and um, a step that has certainly helped um, people that I know uh, increase revenue, increase income by separating futures and basis. Because, you know, just in general, when you have very high futures prices, your basis oftentimes will be weak. And then a lot of times you'll see basis improve a little bit when the board is down or when futures are down. So th- there are some opportunities there, but it's it's tricky to manage them. So I would put that at number three on my list of tools here. Number four on my list of tools would be options and futures. And, and when I'm talking about options and futures, I'm talking about those items in a brokerage account where you call somebody like me and you buy a put or you sell a call or you sell a a futures contract. Um, I believe this is a a tool that can be very helpful. I believe you should have a working knowledge of these things. Um, Do I believe they're absolutely necessary? No. I think that without um, options and futures in a brokerage account specifically, uh, you could still be a good grain marketer. And keep in mind that when you make the cash sale, or you do an HTA or basis contract, you're still trading futures. You're just not doing it with your own margin money. You're doing it with somebody else's margin money, but they're selling the futures on your behalf when you make a cash sale or an HTA contract in the vast majority of situations. But to go and do it on the board um, in a brokerage account is an important tool. Once you get through and, and get good at those first three items, I'm putting this at number four. I don't believe it's totally essential, but I think that once you get fur once you get a little bit more into that 
I'm, I'm not a novice anymore. I'm, I'm more of a middle of the road guy working my way towards being an advanced grain marketer. That's when you take the leap and, and get into futures and options. And, uh, you start to explore the flexibility that those items, uh, involve. You also have to be aware of the risks that those items involve. They can be incredibly risky, uh, especially if, if you're not handling the positions or executing the trades properly, but, uh, definitely something that can be a very, very helpful tool. Number five, I wrote down advisor. And when I say advisor, I'm not saying um, a broker who advises you to trade every day. I'm saying someone to bounce ideas off of, someone who may provide you with some insight on when to make that cash sale or when to to write that HTA or a basis contract. Um, what are what do the charts say? What do seasonal patterns say? Um, I think maybe more the most important thing that an advisor can help you out with would be the mental side of grain marketing. And and when I say the mental side, I mean this: everybody's bullish when the market rallies, right? Spring, early summer, two thousand nineteen, these corn went to four seventy. Everyone was bullish the market. A good advisor would help you to cut through some of that and say, you know what, the profitability is there. Um, the 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 sentiment is positive. This is these are when good marketing opportunities occur uh, in in so many situations. Um, what you don't need is a cheerleader. A cheerleader is somebody who's always bullish the market and and is always on your side, telling you, yeah, it's going to go up. It's going to go up. That's not what you need. You need somebody who almost has like a differing opinion or um, somebody who's thinks to the contrary, uh, somebody who can help you cut through that noise and that emotional side of it. I think that that's extremely important. And and to be honest, that's what I do uh, for for a lot of my customers. And and yeah, sure, that's a sales pitch, whatever you want to call it. But that's that's what I try to do with my customers is try to try to talk them out of of going with the crowd and getting overly excited or overly bullish when the market's up. And, and, and on the flip side of that, trying to, to convince them to not be overly bearish or negative or pessimistic when the market's down. That's probably, I would say, maybe the biggest function of, of what I do, to be honest. So I, I think that some sort of advisor, and it doesn't have to be me, it, it needs to be somebody with a level head. It needs to be somebody who maybe thinks just slightly differently than you do. And that's that's honestly why I believe I've I've had uh, some degree of success in this business. I uh, if you didn't know this, I I didn't grow up on a farm. I don't have a farming background. This stuff is all numbers to me. It's all numbers and emotion and fear and greed. And uh, maybe maybe that's maybe that's why I'm I've I've I do this or or why I've had some some degree of success doing it, I guess. And no, I'm not saying I'm the best grain marketer in the world. I've made mistakes just like anybody. I've probably made more mistakes than than most of you out there. But maybe maybe that, that approach that I have helps me a little bit at least. There were a bunch of things that I didn't mention in my, in my top five list. And in my top five list, to summarize, again, uh, number one was numbers or your spreadsheet. If you don't have numbers or a spreadsheet, talk to my friend Chris Barron. AgView Solutions is his business. That's a would be a wonderful place to start if you're having trouble figuring out your numbers. Number two, cash sale or forward sale. Number three, HTA and basis contract, getting to that point where you can separate futures and basis. Number four, options and futures in a brokerage account that's separate from you know your your what you're doing with the elevator, the ethanol plant or whoever. And number five, an, an advisor, somebody who can help you out with the mental side, cut through some of the noise, that sort of thing. Here are some things that I didn't mention and I'll tell you why I didn't mention them. 
I did not mention complicated futures and option strategies. There are a lot of people in grain marketing that would lead you to believe that you need to be an expert on futures and options trading and trading future spreads and option spreads and all that stuff in order to be uh, profitable or successful. Uh, you do not need that. That's not, it's not a requirement by any means to be a good grain marketer. Um, accumulator contracts, uh, exotic contracts, things like that. Didn't mention them because you don't need them to be good. You really don't. Um, if you get to the point where you're extremely advanced and you think you can you can handle some of that stuff and you fully understand it, you've wrapped your head around it. I did a whole podcast on that a couple weeks ago, uh, but, but you don't need them. Managed programs fall under that same umbrella with accumulator contracts. Yeah, if you understand it, if you understand how the program works, uh, great. If, if you're on that kind of advanced uh, uh, level of the spectrum, then great. Um, I wrote down broker. You don't need a broker. I'm a broker. I've been a broker for years, but you don't need a broker to be a good grain marketer. Um, could it be helpful if you get to that advanced stage to trade futures and, and buy puts and, and sell calls and do all that stuff? Yeah, it could definitely be helpful. But, um, if you're somebody who's, who's a novice or you're a middle of the road type guy, that's not a necessity for you. Um, the last thing I wrote down was expensive programs. Um, anything that involves acreage fees or big upfront costs, um, I don't think that that's necessary for you to be a good grain marketer. Um, I don't know if that's necessary at all, to be honest with you, but um, there are different people who who charge farmers for different things, and, and some of them may be very, very good at, at what they do, but uh, that's not something, in my opinion, that I believe is, is totally necessary for you. So there's my list, top five. Um, if you have any comments or questions about that, send me an email to info at standardgrain.com. I would love to uh, hear any comments that you have uh, about that. If you do need some help with your grain marketing, if you're looking for that number five, that advisor, somebody to help you out with the mental side, somebody to keep you from getting overly uh, optimistic when the market's up and overly pessimistic when the market's down and help cut through the noise, that's what I do. I sell a subscription. It's $49 a month. That's the only cost. There's no hidden fees. You don't need a brokerage account. You can just make cash grain sales. Sign up for that deal and check it out for a few months. It's it's $49 a month. You can cancel it at any time. There's no obligation. I'm not going to try to sell you anything else. I've talked I've talked about before how farmers are constantly just bombarded by salespeople, and uh, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm just going to send you an email. I'm going to say, hey, thanks for subscribing. If you need anything, let me know. That's it. If you are interested in that service, go to standardgrain.com. Click on Grain Marketing Plan. You sign up through PayPal. It's a piece of cake. Everyone have a great day. I'll talk to you later in the week.